Hey, everybody. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. Gonzalez and I had recorded an episode before, and we were going to talk about why we were still interested about college admissions, but I just watching the news and, and hearing what's been happening um, made me want to do a little something a little bit different today. And, and so for those of y'all who haven't been following, I'm, I'm talking about what happened in Minneapolis. A black man, George Floyd, was killed by a white police officer. This white cop put his knee on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes, even though after three minutes, it was clear that he was already unresponsive. And, you know, choking someone to death, choking anybody is just just wrong. But it's especially egregious here because the pretense was because Floyd was accused, accused of using a counterfeit $20 bill. Oh, yeah. What a monstrous crime that deserved death. <laughs> Absolutely insane. And so that's what happened. A black man on the street dead because of a police officer. You know, I, I don't want to talk too much in this episode. I just wanted to give you all the facts of what had happened. What I want to do today is play some clips of people talking that I found really, really powerful, that that deserve being listened to, and, and clips that I also thought were helpful in thinking about what happened to George Floyd, police brutality, the protests around this, and what you know, some call looting. What is looting? But but what I think there needs to be a more nuanced discussion around. I'm going to play some clips that I found really, really helpful from people who have a lot more authority to talk about this than, than I do. So the first thing I want to play is, is this clip of Roxy Washington, the mother of George Floyd's first child, this was i'm playing the audio but but the video was incredible because she was speaking with her daughter with george floyd's daughter in her arms i i'm i'm just going to play the clip here uh, i don't have a, a lot to say because I can't get my words together right now. But I wanted everybody to know that this is what those officers took from At the end of the day, they get to go home and be with their families. Yana does not have a father. He will never see her grow up, graduate. He will never walk down the aisle. If it's a problem she's having and she needs her dad, she does not have that anymore. 
I'm here for my baby. And I'm here for George because I want justice for him. I want justice for him because he was good. No matter what anybody thinks, he was good. And this is the proof that he was a good man. I think after hearing that, it's it's really, really hard to... It's really hard to not think what happened was, was awful. Watching the video, watching... Watching the mother of George Floyd's children talk, I, I think just... If, if you can't feel sympathy, then... then I, I... I know this is such, like, a generic thing to say, but, like... You, you have to not have emotions, not have a heart to, to not think that what happened was absolutely awful. Uh, I, I keep saying the word awful because I, I don't, there, there's not a word to kind of describe what, what this is. Now, I play these clips and I talk about what happened um, also to talk a little bit about what happened next, right? All these incredible protests all these incredible, peaceful protests, for the most part, against police brutality and what happened to George Floyd here. Now, some of those protests got violent. Some of those protests turned into looting. And I, I think nobody can deny the fact that there is some looting. Not that much, right? I think for the the vast majority of these cases are peaceful. That That's just the, the facts of the situation. And oftentimes, a lot of this looting, particularly in Minneapolis, is happening because of out-of-state people, not because of people in the community. But, but regardless, I think, and you know, at first I thought some of this looting was bad, right? I, I'm, you know, my approach to politics is centered around elections, right? Working in the system, voting, getting other people to vote and work within the system. My, my gut, right, is, is obviously against looting, right? My response to problems in politics is to vote, is to make phone calls, is to knock on doors and get other people to vote. And so at first, I also thought some of this was, was, was overreacting or, or bad or, or, you know. But, but, then, but then I listened to this clip by Trevor Noah, Trevor... Trevor Noah from from the Daily Show and I I think it gave me some new perspective. So so listen it. I saw so many people online saying these riots are disgusting. This is not how a society should be run. You do not loot and you do not burn and you do not this is not how our society is built. And that that actually triggered something in me where I was like, man, okay. Society. What but what is society? And fundamentally, when you boil it down, society is a contract. It's a contract that we sign as human beings amongst each other. We sign a contract with each other as people, whether it's spoken or unspoken, and we say, amongst this group of us, we agree in common rules, common ideals, and common practices that are going to define us as a group. That's what I think a society is. It's a contract. And 
as with most contracts, the contract is only as strong as the people who are, who are abiding by it. But if you think of being a black person in America who is living in Minneapolis or Minnesota or any place where you're not having a good time, ask yourself this question when you watch those people, what vested interest do they have in maintaining the contract? Why, like, why don't we all loot? Why, why don't, why doesn't everybody take? Why don't, because we've agreed on things. There are so many people who are starving out there. There's so many people who don't have, there's so many people, there are people who are destitute. There are people who, when the virus hits and they don't have a second paycheck already broke, which is insane, but that's, that's the reality. But still think about how many people who don't have, the have nots say, you know what? I'm still gonna play by the rules, even though I have nothing, because I still wish for the society to work and exist. And then some members of that society, namely black American people, watch time and time again how the contract that they have signed with society is not being honored by the society that has forced them to sign it with them. When you watch Ahmad Arbery being shot and you hear that those men have been released and were it not for the video and the outrage, those people would be living their lives what part of the contract is that in society? When, when you see George Floyd on the ground and you see a man losing his life in a way that no person should ever have to lose their life, at the hands of someone who's supposed to enforce the law, what part of the contract is that? And a lot of people say, well, what good does this do? Yeah, but what, what good doesn't it do? That's the question people don't ask the other way around. What good does it do to loot Target? What is it, how does it help you to loot Target? Yeah, but how does it help you to not loot Target? Answer that question. Because the only reason you didn't loot Target before was because you were upholding society's contract. There is no contract if law and people in power don't uphold their end of it. And that's the thing I think people don't understand sometimes, is that, is that we need people at the top to be the most accountable because they are the ones who are basically setting the tone and the tenor for everything that we do in society. So, so I didn't get it, right? At first I saw the looting. I thought that that needed to stop. We, get, we just gotta be peaceful, you know, peaceful protest, good, right? work within the system. And I think I was wrong. You know, I, I obviously wish there was no looting. I think we all wish there was no looting. But if that's really, really your wish, then you also have to wish that a black man was not killed by a police officer. Again! And I think it's hard to, you know, come to this perspective if you don't really, really, really try to empathize. Especially if you're you're not black, you're you're Asian like me, you're white, whatever. It's hard because we, I, I, I won't speak for other people. I have never had a bad interaction with a cop, let alone have been put on the ground and choked by a cop. Like once, um, when I was a kid, I remember that 
my dad had been pulled over for for me not putting on my seatbelts. We were in the neighborhood. We were driving to go fishing, I think. And and you know, I was five years old. I didn't I didn't put on my seatbelts. We got pulled over, and we were let go. The cop was like, "Oh, just just make sure it's 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 for safety reasons." <laughs> we got let go, right? We nothing happened, and I I didn't think anything of it at the time. I mean, I was five, but. Now I think back to that and I wonder what happened, what happened, what would have happened if we were black, if we weren't Asian? What, what else would have happened? How would that have changed my life? Would, would I, could I have still paid as much attention to school? I don't, I don't know. And it's not to say that I didn't, I didn't have challenges or that Asian people don't have challenges, but it is to say that by and large, we don't experience this. In fact, not even by and large, just, just plainly that the numbers back this up. We do. I mean, just number of black officer involved shootings versus number of Asian you know, officer-involved shooting versus number of white officer-involved shooting. The numbers are so clear. Now, you know, I think, I think if you've listened this far, hopefully you agree with me that what happened was was atrocious, and hopefully you agree with me that the anger people feel, the anger that Black Americans feel, is justified. You know, listen, you, you still might think that. Oh, the looting, people shouldn't loot, peaceful protests. You know, like I, I, I was there at first. So, so I understand where you're coming from. But, but don't let that be a reason not to keep listening, right? If you think that what happened to George Floyd should never happen again, I want to share a little clip of a African-American comedian. His name is Baratunde Thurston. He went on the Pivot podcast. It's a really cool podcast about technology and business. But um, on this episode, Baratunde went on to talk about, you know, what happened to George Floyd. And the clip I'm going to play is is what he suggests we do about it. And and he offers, I think, really really good advice for non-black people like myself. Give us a concrete example of a something we could collectively do for those of us who want to be anti-racist yeah. for those of us who would be willing to vote for elected officials that would allocate capital towards that big bold definitive investment what what might that look like how does that manifest itself in something actionable yeah uh, i can think of a few things uh in the very immediate moment there are efforts to shift public funding uh away from law enforcement resources and into community resources, positive investment rather than negative mm -hmm. investment. You can find those and support those. They're in every city in this country, every state in this country, and in places around the world who are facing some similar challenges. I think there is a relationship investment that people can make, which is to, for especially for white people, talk about race with other white people. Mm -hmm. I think it's really uncomfortable. I think, Carol, you brought up a very fair and real point about people being nervous to say something wrong. And, and many of us who are trying to do this work haven't always been welcoming. <laughs> we're tired, we're burnt out. You say the wrong word, get mm -hmm. out the pool. Yeah. Um, right. 
But amongst yourselves, where you can be safe and vulnerable, start asking questions about your own relationship with what it means to be white, with the unearned privilege. It's not a negative thing, but it's, it's a true thing. And, and what else mm-hmm. you could do with it mm-hmm. besides feel bad about it? Feeling bad about your superpower helps no one. Superman doesn't mope right. around about his super strength. He uses it to help yeah. people. So start having that conversation. Right. I, I think from an economic perspective, the climate challenge represents a really interesting, positive investment opportunity. We have some rebuilding to do, and we cannot rebuild the way we did before. Normal is below good enough. Yeah. And, and so we, we have a this. chance yeah. to actually pay workers, <laughs> to create jobs, to invest mm-hmm. in the things that we actually all want, but also to prioritize the folks who've been most harmed. You saw what happened with weed. When they legalized weed, the, the people making money, the people who've always made money in this capitalist system, well-funded advantaged investors, mostly mm-hmm. white, mostly men, and very few people who got locked up for doing the same thing over the past 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We cannot repeat that. So if you're in a position to make investments, make them with the communities you claim to respect and love. If you're in a position to hire, go out of your comfort zone and your comfortable way of the networks you already know from this university and this professional society. Try harder. Stretch. Because that's how we dig out of the hole. When people who haven't put forth the effort start to do it. And then we get this magical thing that works in finance and works in physics that's called leverage. Mm-hmm. But we need more people bending their back into that stick to actually generate. How do you think the media is covering? Because yeah. a lot of it does have to do with these Im- It's the imagery. You know what I mean? Which What's really interesting about this Im- There are a whole bunch of ways you can get involved. Even if you don't want to get out there and protest. Obviously, coronavirus is still a concern. And if you're at risk or, you know, you have elder family, I totally understand not wanting to protest. But if you do have the financial resources, there are a whole bunch of organizations that need your help, especially right now. Um, The first I want to mention is community bail funds. Now, the bail system in this country is insane. Um, So, you know, Long story short, if you get in jail, you need to get bailed out, you need you need cash. You're not going to take anything else. And so if you're low income, you don't have money to bail yourself out. And so you're stuck in jail until trial. And then the prosecutor keeps extending the time it takes to try, try, trial. They ask for continuance after continuance. And and then you're stuck in jail, even though there's there hasn't been a trial. And even if you get acquitted, you've still been in jail because you didn't have the cash to pay bail. So the website is bit.ly slash local bail funds. Bail is spelled B-A-I-L. The link will also be in the show notes down below, but I think they are a great resource to donate to. And on that website, there's a link to donate to the Emergency Rapid Response Fund uh, and also a list of protest bail funds that are bail funds dedicated to the protests happening around George Floyd and police brutality right now. Of course, the even more obvious place where you can donate money if you have the means is to George Floyd's family, and their GoFundMe will also be in the dis- in the description down below. And if you do choose to donate, please DM us on Instagram, email us at admissions.uncovered at gmail.com with a receipt. I will personally match the amount you give and I'll 
give you a free hour of college admissions counseling or test prep tutoring or whatever tutoring you need. Uh, if you donate, just know that you will have double the impact. Now, one other thing that I also think is super easy to do that you don't need money for, that you don't need you know, the gumption to go out there and protest right now, is just to make a phone call to your to your state legislator to advocate for you know smart criminal justice reform and also to the DA in Minneapolis to really really put pressure on them to actually charge and press forward and make sure there is justice for George Floyd. Now the police officers been fired have been fired one has been charged but the other three who just stood by and watched nothing has happened to them nothing and so you can help make sure there is justice by picking up the phone and making a phone call and and it really does matter a big outpour of pressure matters i mean just just think if you're the prosecutor right now if your office is being avalanched by calls in favor of a tougher prosecution then of course you're going to do a tougher prosecution and if your state legislator is being hounded you know by their constituents advocating for getting rid of cash bail so that people can bail their themselves out even if they don't have money for for laws against excessive force so that police officers are trained not to do this type of awful extreme violence right let's keep up that pressure and so in the description down below there's going to be a script and some phone numbers and some links about where you might go and call The last thing I want to say is that part of this is about talking to each other. And when I mean talking, I really do mean talking. You know, there's, at least for me, and maybe this is just because I go to Columbia and know a lot of very liberal people, um, everybody is posting on their Insta stories this and that and this and that and donate to this and donate to that. Uh, kind of like what I have just done in audio format, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? I Again, I'm, I'm doing it here. I think what's more difficult than just retweeting something is to actually think about this for yourself and think about how your race has affected you, right? If you're, I'm, I'm Asian, like how being Asian has benefited me. How if I was black, my life would be so drastically different. I think it takes having conversations with people who might not agree with us on, on these issues of race, right? Your parents, stereotypically, demographically, probably aren't as in tune with these things as you are. Don't just discount them. They're your parents. Talk to them. Older people in your life, talk to them. Your friends, talk to them. Because I, I think that is where we can have the most impact, is by changing people's minds and getting them involved too, getting them to dial, getting them to donate, getting them to knock on doors, getting them to protest. And it all starts by convincing them and, and showing them that this is the reality of race in this country. And, and, I, and I want to be really, really clear. Conversa conversations actually mean 
talking to someone, right? And obviously we can't do in person now, you know, texting them, getting on a FaceTime call with them, a house party with them, not just tweeting, not just posting on social media. You can if you want, fine, whatever, but, but that doesn't do much. Nobody has ever been convinced because they saw a tweet. It just doesn't happen. Have a real conversation with the people in your life. Because honestly, I think of all the things we can do, listen, like, you know, your high school students, your college students, you, you probably don't have a huge income to donate. That's fine, right? You're probably not a lawyer. You can't get out there and help protesters. You might have family at home. You not, might not feel comfortable joining a protest. That's fine. But you absolutely can talk to the people in your life and make sure that they understand what is happening. And so I'm, I'm going to try to do that. And I, I really hope you do too. Now again, all of the links I discussed earlier about where to donate, how to get involved, they're going to be in the show notes down below. And I'm also going to leave links and clips to all of these people who I have clipped out and, and played today because I think you should watch the entire episodes that they were on, especially especially Trevor Noah's episode of his show. That, it, that really, I think, made me understand a lot better what was happening. In, in fact, it's what led me to make this episode. I think before I listened to that, I would have just published the episode. Maybe I would have tacked on something at the beginning. But I think listening to him, you know, think about what happened, it really convinced me that that, 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 that this was something different. That, that this was something different from what we, we've seen before different than the latest, you know, controversy or whatever, that this was something really, really egregious. So, so yeah, absolutely listen to Trevor Noah's entire episode. I think it's only 20 minutes. It's on YouTube. You can search him up. It's also in the link down below. Just, just give it a listen. I really think it'll help you understand better. But yeah, um, I, I really appreciate you, you know, doing this with me. I know it's a little bit different, but, but I think this moment is important enough that we begin talking about this. Not just posting, having real conversations with people, and then getting everybody you talk to and everybody you convince to act as well. Thanks so much, and be well.